I'm a Tim Prime if you wanna get something No Valentine but my heart be pumping Pumpin', pumpin', pumpin' Got plenty views if you hang around me So many hearts if you see the IG So many times by the people that I race Then my record look great like Muhammad Ali I'm tryna go, I'm tryna get wavy On holiday, I'm one of the Good morning and welcome to River Radio, the voice of the Thames Valley, uh, with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, and you're listening to School of Parenting. This morning, I have my guest, Catherine Dart, on. Catherine is a mum, business owner, sometimes radio presenter on a radio radio station (laughs) called River Radio with Uncorked. Um... But we're here not to talk, uh, not to talk about wine. Although I'm thinking, um, Catherine, that you might be getting into your wine stocks um, with this homeschooling malarkey. There's a very good chance. <laughs> so, first of all, just tell us a bit about yourself and your business. So, yes, I, as you said, I'm a mum. I have two boys, um, and I have my own business, which is probably why I can do what I'm doing now because I'm self-employed, and I run a wine business, which is primarily a wine subscription service um the premise being to drink better not more i'm afraid (laughs) (laughs) um to to, and to try different things really is to take people on a little bit of a vinous adventure trying things that perhaps they wouldn't know or know how to find and so they can discover new things yeah oh excellent so you do that in between being a mum to two teenagers tween teenagers yes and even though lots of us um, were went through the whole experience of homeschooling, mm. uh, we we had a greater respect for our teachers, and we swore that we would never ever do it again. You have decided <laughs> to to homeschool. Well, yes, yeah, so home educate them. Well, and, and I have to stress here that I'm not doing the education. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't regard myself as qualified in that regard. Oh, okay, um, so yeah, so no, it's a it is a big step. It's a massive step. It's a massive step. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm thinking you're definitely going to need that wine. Um, so, well, first of all, tell us, tell us why. Why? Yeah. So why you came to that decision. It's a very strange one. I went, I, I told one of my oldest friends, she just laughed and went, well, that's not a surprise. <laughs> and I was like, really? Ah. And I did actually think about it when I, when the, when the eldest who is now 14, um, was born and I was looking at what what do you do when you have to go back to work or you're going back to work and what do you look at I remember looking then and thinking oh that would be a marvelous thing to do 
but realising it, it just fe- wouldn't be feasible. I worked as a wine buyer at that point in time. I was travelling. My mm. husband was travelling. It, mm. just, it was never going to be something you can do. But it was something that you had I did actually then. look at, yeah. I okay. did actually look at and think about. And, and I had a moment where I thought, is it a bit hippie? Is it a bit mad? But then I looked at the different options back then and thought, well, when they were small particularly, and I thought well, it would be totally feasible. At, at that point, obviously, looking at education as they move into senior school wasn't even on my radar, mm. to be fair. Mm. Um, because when, well, when you're a new mum, <laughs> it's lucky if you can see past cleaning nappies and making sure that exactly. they're alive. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it wasn't a surprise. So I did actually look at it way, way, way back then. And then I just stored it away in my brain. And in fairness, you know, this the decision we've made is by no means a criticism <laughs> of sending kids to school because my kids have been in some form of childcare, more or less, with me working full time since they were three, four months old, yeah. whether it was part time or full time. Yeah. And it it was a lifeline to me. I could not have done what I did for the last 15 years or so if I hadn't have had them going into education or with childminders or into a nursery. Um, so really, how did it happen? So through lockdown, weirdly, my kids were fine. <laughs> the only household. <laughs> now, this, this could also be that one, I'm lucky, or two, I've always been pretty hands off when it came to their schoolwork mm. and I always said to them if you don't do your homework you face the consequences with your teachers so if you've got homework to do you've got things to do for whenever you you have to make sure you do it if you don't do it you face the consequences and if they didn't do it they'd face the consequences and they learned pretty quickly that so it really encouraged them to be independent to be independent, independent yeah learners. and also the fact that we work so much that they were always going on coaches and doing connecting routes so they've always been fairly independent in that regard yeah. and as we went through my my eldest in particular preferred it okay okay well if if any of our listeners have got questions for um Catherine, please email rachel at river dot radio um we've got we have got plenty more uh questions but you can listen to us on your mobile through the river radio app or um ask alexa to enable river radio you can listen through the website river dot radio and now you can even listen in your car school of parenting is brought to you by goyles of maidenhead specialist uniform workwear and sportswear suppliers for over 50 years so you you said Catherine about it was something that was kind of always there at the back of your mind you've obviously got children who are independent learners Mm -hmm. you weren't put off with the the enforced home education and homeschooling that we all had to do in a certain period of time um Obviously, then, though, your children returned to school. Yes. So why then the decision... To move. Now, yeah. Well, the eldest was asking if he could do it. And wow. it dawned on me, as they get more hormonal and things, that if it was the other way around, you would listen and you'd probably... If you were already home educating and they were saying they wanted to go to school, you probably would. And it dawned on me that perhaps I should listen to him in this regard as well. Mm. Um, the younger one, it was slightly different. He is only 11 and would, in theory, be going into senior school. And I couldn't find a school that felt quite right for him, allowing for distances and commute and coach services or waiting lists. Nothing felt quite right. Mm. And I thought, well, if I'm in this situation now, and so I, for me, particularly for the eldest, for example, I, I think this will probably be, it, it may be longer, but I think probably two years and then he'll probably go to college for his sixth form, okay. is, my, is my gut feeling as it stands at the moment. This might all change. Um, and my younger one is, he's massively creative, all he really wants to do is sing and act and draw <laughs> That's, uh, okay. and and will happily do that for mm. hours on end. Mm. And 
it may be that that's that's the line that he follows a little bit more so what I'm trying to structure for them at this stage is something that still looks like a formal education so I know some people do unschooling and I've looked into that and it looks amazing Uh, unschooling I, I don't fully understand it it's more just letting them be Okay. <laughs> yes, and and as someone, <laughs> you're looking at me. I mean, well, I'd understand yeah. that in at primary level. Age, yeah, but and I, I do feel that mine are a little secondary. bit late. Yeah, I think with them being at the age they are. Yeah. So they both have very different timetables, but within that, all their key subjects are being covered, and they'll be working in small groups or with tutors, um, and a little bit of self study, which you would have to do anyway, particularly at senior school. Mm. Um, so it, it, they're not just going to sit isolated. The one thing that I discovered when I really started researching it, when Mm. William was asking, was that it's actually quite overwhelming. There are so many options, I think, so you can tailor it to who you are and who your children are um, in any way you want. I mean, you could work entirely online through an online school. You can work entirely through tutors. You can go to groups. you You can find just about any way to do it. Well, I was shocked to find out when I was doing a little bit of research on this that you're not even required to follow the national curriculum. No. I spoke to an amazing lady. So it's it's funny people come out the woodwork Mm. so I mentioned to one of the music teachers who will continue teaching music to one of my children um that I was doing this and I said you know they really want to continue learning Mm. and she said that's fine she was I've got a friend who completely home educated her girls Mm. from day one they know they don't have a formal GCSE or A level between them and yet one of them's about to go and do a PhD and has a degree in psychology and has flown has weirdly gone into further education formally and has completely flown and has been absolutely fine and the other one I can't remember where she works but she works at a senior level in advance and travels around the world and she said of their home ed friends because these girls are in their 20s she said we've got a helicopter pilot a vet (laughs) and the list of things they had I was stunned I had no idea and none of those children until they needed to worked on getting a specific qualification. They, they obviously covered all the necessary elements in that they are, they're enumerate and literate. Mm. Yeah, so I, it may open my eyes to what was possible, but obviously my children will be. <laughs> I, yes. I'm not so good at letting go. <laughs> well, so so we definitely want to ask, the, get into the nitty-gritty of the how, how it yeah. all works, and the fact that then to that point, how can they go in to do that um, further study or formal study yeah. if they haven't got their, say, GCSEs or A-levels? But but this, so I think what the, it's the wording, isn't it? So it's saying that, um, so the... Department of Education, the government mm. say that education is compulsory, schooling is not. Yeah. And there's the difference. Yeah. And that doesn't have to be, it's not following the national curriculum. So you've said about they were obviously... Well, uh, if you think uh, my, my father-in-law left school 15, 16 and had no choice but to get a job. Mm. And he became an engineer mm. and did all his qualifications vocationally. And when he retired, he finally did his degree. And... you know he had a full and amazing career yeah yeah so you've said that your older son and he is he's your child who's who's starting what for other ages would be the GCSE the two years of GCSEs Mm. and then your younger son is creative and he so how does he feel about it I mean he's really excited okay so he's naturally left primary school in the summer then some of his friends the weird, the weird thing that I have found that really surprised me and it's made me realise that I think 
I don't know whether it, we, we're obviously all brought in within a system. All of us have been educated that yes, way yeah. to a greater or lesser extent. And what I've learned already this summer is that the children innately want to learn. So mm. I've made it their choice mm. and they have opted, which seriously knocked me down with a feather, have opted to do two hours of maths every single week okay. throughout the summer holidays. Wow. And they're at the door with their pencil case ready to go and they love it. Mm. And mm. I never dreamt, particularly my younger son, ever wanting to willingly go out the door in his school holidays and do maths. Oh. And it's astonishing. And suddenly you find you've made it their choice and they're choosing to learn mm. and they enjoy it when they're doing it because it's their choice to do it. Mm. And they're happy to go. There's no crowbarring them. And long may that continue. If we do this again, we might discover that's all changed. Well, I but am, at the I'm, moment, I'm, I'm happily riding that wave. I am very excited to follow this journey. <laughs> very excited to follow this journey. Because as I said earlier, I think lots of people might have even had it in their head or might have thought, oh yeah, that would be a lovely thing to do. But I think other homeschooling, absolutely, you, you know, you, you just thought, oh, this is, this is impossible. But I guess the difference is that homeschooling, we were all following a national curriculum. We were all following... Um, you know, lessons that we had we had to do that we had to assist our children. Whereas, obviously, this it all sounds a little bit different. The way it's all structured and everything is a lot more. It sounds a lot more flexible. Yes, and I think you probably do have to be flexible, and that's one thing that I think may present a challenge. Mm. Is that there, there'll be a degree of flexibility that is required both to meet their needs, mm. um, in academically potentially, but also in terms of what they need as small people. Mm. Um, but also in terms of, you know, how I function and function around them. But I've mm. said very clearly from the beginning to them, if it doesn't work, what's the worst that can happen? You go back to school. Yeah. The ball's in your court in that regard. You have to do the work. I can't do it for you. Mm. And I've said, I won't be your headmistress mm. and I'm not your teacher. I'm happy to be a guide and a facilitator and a mentor to you. Mm. And I'm helping, I'll help solve problems as we go along. But you have to have a degree of independence and be willing to learn. Mm. And so... We've chosen to, obviously with Ollie, things are a bit more freeform at the moment. Um, but he will be doing French, English, history, maths. He has STEM and art every single week, plus mm. his music, his singing, his piano and other instruments and things that he does like that. So that's mm. fitted in already. And sport. So already suddenly you've actually got a pretty full timetable and you've covered most of the yeah. basics. Yes, yeah. And I was stunned at how quickly at one point thinking I've got like one thing in a timetable, then suddenly it filled up and I was stunned because I thought I'll have a whole day free to go to museums and galleries with them. <laughs> Not so much. Ah. It's amazing, yeah. And what William's done is he's made a list of all the GCSEs he wants to do. And it turns out that GCSEs are actually can be sat three times a year. Okay. So you've got January's January, October, which I think often is resits. So some exam boards in October, yeah. you have to, it, you have to be over a certain age or resitting. Yes. Um, but some boards will still permit people to sit, I believe. Okay. And then obviously the summer. Yes. So yeah. they the one that we all know, and so what I've discovered having spoken to people who've put their kids through their GCSEs recently is that what a lot of the kids have done is they they do their GCSEs almost on a rotational basis. So, you know, if you if you clear off, let's say this January, you, you were ready to go with, mm. I don't know, let's just pick a subject, history and geography. Yeah. Um, and you did those two, you could then pick up two more. And because your timetable isn't as full, 
and you're focusing more on a handful of subjects, you, yeah. you do your GCSEs in a more staggered way over the two years at the different exam times. Rather than having that whole pressure of in two years' time, you've got a ton of exams, 30, 40 of exams. exams to sit. Yeah. Oh, gosh, well, let's find out a bit more about the, the nitty-gritty and how it's actually going to work after this song break. We've got Rewrite the Stars with Zac Efron. If you've got any questions, you can also send us a tweet or message on Instagram or Facebook, all at River Radio Live. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. <laughs> Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. I know you want me. So don't keep saying our hands are tied. You claim it's not in the cards Fate is pulling you miles away And out of reach from me But you're here in my heart So who can stop me if I decide That you're my destiny What if we rewrite the stars Say you were made to be mine Nothing could keep us apart You'd be the one I was meant to find It's up to you, and it's up to me No one can say what we get to be So why don't we rewrite the stars Maybe the world could be ours tonight You think it's easy I tried to hide 
But I can't have you We're bound to break in my hands Good morning and welcome back to School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell. You're listening to River Radio, the voice of the Thames Valley. School of Parenting is brought to you by Goyles of Maidenhead, specialist uniform, workwear and sportswear suppliers for over 50 years. So you've been listening to my chat this morning with Catherine Dart. Catherine is a mum business owner at Grape and Nectar and uh, sometimes radio presenter on Uncorked here on River Radio. But we've been chatting to Catherine this morning about homeschooling. So Catherine has decided um, after we all had to go through it during a certain pandemic and, and, and all swore that we would never, ever do that again, um, Catherine's actually chosen to do that with her two children starting um, this September. So if you've missed any of the first part of the show, you can listen again on through our website or on podcasts, wherever you listen to um, your podcasts. So Catherine, we've been asking you about um, why why you've made this decision mm. um i mean you said it's something that you had thought about previously bef- be- before this and and also you've got you know your, your children sound very independent um independent learners and they're they're obviously what they're wanting to do this as well so just chat to us about the you've mentioned you're not actually doing it with them so no. i think this vision of you know we all kind of go back to, to that teaching yeah where we had to sit during um lockdown and sit next to our child and actually be maybe teaching I, them and i didn't that do that in lockdown thing. maybe that's just let them get on with it <laughs> yeah. yeah i think we should have yeah should have been a bit more of that possibly so so explain how you're saying you're not actually doing that so explain no, so, how, it's, how it works so what i've done so far with with my two is it's a mixture of things so um either small group learning where a small group of kids get together and they have a tutor do they get together in in person yes in in person um a little bit as well of online for the eldest one so he'll be doing some stuff online um so it's it's a combination of in person one-to-one and online incorporated within that they have they'll be meeting up with um, a home ed group so there's like a social session each week with rock climbing and other things um so they can start to build up a network of friends beyond the friends that they already have now is that just with is that within your local area then yeah they do that okay there's a home ed group in pinewood um tadley as well which is a little bit further away mm-hmm. um there's a home ed center there mm-hmm. um i've been surprised how many people there actually are um that sort of as i said they just come out of the woodwork and yeah that's really where we're going from really to see okay. where they go so there will be self-study that they have to do and that we'll work through um but alongside that there is there will be you know one-on-one almost directed study and what they've discovered for example doing maths they've done a little bit of history um and some rs and english as the summer's gone on as well as art they get so much more done so if you if you have a math tutor and it's just you and one other child and you work for two hours Mm. my eldest will come away and he said i do more than i do in a week at school okay because it's it's much much more focused Mm. And then is the idea, so with their timetable, you're saying already their timetable's, you know, pretty full. Yeah. Will they just then do that one maths group a, a week um, with, with then some extra work outside of that? Yep. And then schedule when to do that. Mm. Um, and again, play that by ear. It might be that they need more or they need, I don't think it'll be less, but certainly yeah. it, it, that, that's where I think my flexibility will have to come in. Um, and so rather than doing one block of English 
will be having two tuition sessions of English a week mm. for GCSE. So he'll cover literature and language each week and okay. then the rest will be home study. But that's probably not drastically different. So when he does history, he'll be doing two hours a week and his RS he'll be doing two hours a week. And at school, mm. they usually do one hour. Yeah. So he'll naturally, within a year, have completed his syllabus for, okay. one, for one of those subjects. So it's really, yeah, it, it, it's looking at that and seeing where they get on and how you then factoring the time. I think certain subjects will take a full GCSE two-year period for him to complete. I think when you're writing essays, there's a degree of emotional maturity, which helps you write a more successful essay, which you mm. as a tutor probably would understand. Mm. Mm. Whereas there are other subjects whereby if, if you understand and you learn your equations and you know how to do it, mm. you kind of know it or you don't. If you've covered it, you've covered it. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to need longer and sometimes you're going to need to be shorter. So I think depending when we enter for exams, we'll, we'll look at his progress and see how he's getting on and see how he gets on with practice papers and then make a decision, mm. enter him. And then obviously he knuckles down up until the exam period. And that to a certain extent we have to play by ear. I know one of the questions I've been asked a lot is, well, what happens if he's not ready? Mm. So, well, all the deadlines, as far as I can tell, for when we sit exams, when we go to university, when we do things are fairly, you know, that they're there. We accept them as yeah. a thing. Mm. But who decided that was the right way to do things yeah, that, at, you know, yeah. at 18, you are definitely ready to yes. finish your A-levels and go to university yeah. and everyone's the same. I think that to a certain extent is arbitrary. So if something happens earlier or something happens later, it's not the end of the world. Mm. I've got friends who resat a GCSE or yeah. chose to do a GCSE later down the line just because they yes. were interested. Yeah. Um, and the same for A-levels or have gone on to do further further education qualifications yeah. and degrees. We, I mean, I have, you probably yeah. have as well. Yeah. So, well, and people, they defer or they go off well, or they take time I'm, off. So yeah. there is, you so know. So my view is no if it takes rule. longer or it happens quicker, yeah. then yeah. that's the way it pans out. And in reality, whether or not children decide to go to university, you know, that is down to them. Mm. But again, you could take a gap year. And yeah. then once you leave and you start work, yeah, that's the treadmill you're on for a very mm. long time. So mm. if your education takes an extra 12 months, I don't think it's the end of the world. No. And it's sometimes the best way to find where you're going in life. Yes, yeah. So how did, so how many, for example, let's let's take your older son, how mm. many GCSE or subjects has he chosen? Because obviously he doesn't well, have his to original sit list, or, or, his, his original list was 14. And I said, you don't need that many GCSEs. But they're all quite interesting, I think. And I said, yeah, but really, you don't need that many GCSEs. Um, so at the moment, he, he wants to do 11, so... Which is a couple more than average. Yeah, so my, my feeling is work between 9 and 11 and see where we get. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And then how does how does it all work? Into, so you've you've got these groups. Has he got groups for all of those 11 or some of those some subjects are, he aren't. will do independently? Yeah. And some of them we're not doing straight away. So he wants to tick off some and then we'll move on to others. So as he, okay. if he completes something he'll select something else which i which I, I guess is then the beauty of the system of what you're doing mm. because if he does sit some in january or yeah. october or whenever it is they're done they're out of the way they're not dragging on for the whole two years yeah, and you choose another. and that then frees up space or time I think to if, do another one and i don't think that would suit everyone but if no. you're if you're the sort of person who enjoys focusing on something and really getting into it mm. it's quite a nice way to learn yeah. because you then do it and then you go oh and also if you if you like that feedback loop and you like to tick things off a list yeah then it gives you the focus this is what I'm working on now when that's done I'm going to move on to x or y and 
when yeah. that's done, I'm going to move on to the next few things. And I don't think there'll be just one at a time. I think there'll mm. be maybe one to trial it and see how it goes. Mm. And then maybe next summer he'll do... So maybe do one in January is my is 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 the plan at the moment, and then okay. come next summer maybe do three in the summer, mm. and and then see where you go from there. See what he could do and whether he wants to do something through the through the summer holidays, yeah, and consider doing something in October or maybe not, yes. and then maybe or maybe just yeah. take things. And then so potentially, if he's done four by the end of next summer, he's already ahead from even though he's chosen eleven of your typical. Uh, you know students yeah. who are maybe doing eight or nine GS- GCSEs but they're dragging out I guess if you like for those two years yeah. and also you know you've mentioned that whole if he gets into something um, you know it's like in a lesson they've only got a certain amount of time in a lesson and I suppose they, they could get mm. into flow but then the lesson comes to an end and they've got to move on to the, the next, next lesson yeah so it's actually and also you know I know as an ex-teacher as well that in your classroom, there's a certain amount of that lesson time. You're then recapping what you did one week ago, or you know, obviously if it's a core subject, maybe a day ago or two days ago. But you're recap, you're having to recap that because you've got a whole group of children in there. So you're doing a little bit of recap, and whereas if he's just going with his um, subject, he's not, not yeah. going to need to keep doing that, is he? <laughs> he just... Well, that's 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 the plan. Yeah. We shall see. Very, very exciting. <laughs> That's the goal and the plan. Very exciting. Yeah. So, um, so the DFE, so their only requirement, so the local authorities have no um, formal power and they actually don't even have to um, monitor mm. your actual provision, I was shocked to read, but they do have to be in contact once a year mm-hmm. and then be satisfied that you are providing and education and there's obviously some kind of register how have you found all that side of it through through authorities and all all that which you know I would think ooh, you know so far because obviously we had to give notice and the school then inform they Mm. have to say where the children are going right so in theory that's how it gets logged and as far as I know when they need to get to me they'll come to me okay the experience that I've friends who I have who are home educating their children they have gone to them initially um, Mm. to seek assistance to find out how to do particular some GCSEs are harder to do than others Mm. so there's an exam centre in Wickham and honestly the people there could not be more helpful Mm. they're amazing Um, and they but they can't do everything so for example if your child's doing a drama GCSE it's much more difficult with the practical assessment side of it you know Mm. the, the written stuff is very easy to get done and to to facilitate but to have someone present to do the other assessments on practical subjects is much more difficult okay so to enable that they contacted the local education authority for help because <laughs> and actually said they couldn't have been they were wonderful really really helpful so around here certainly Windsor Maidenhead way they were she said brilliant and then when they do that and they make that contact is there then somebody or a person or a tutor whatever it is, whatever they're called that then will yeah. you know and oversee that drama element or I think it's just pointing it. pointing you in the right direction yeah. of, of where you can go and where it can be carried out. Yes, yeah. And, and the different sorts of qualifications that they could get if that wouldn't be possible that would still serve the same function ultimately on a child's CV. Yes, yeah. Because there are alternatives. So for yeah. the arts, there's the bronze, silver and gold awards. Okay. And those are facilitated both through schools and through independent yes. 
So there's and, and they cover everything from creative art right through to and visual arts right through to sort of performing arts. Yeah. So there's so many things that you can actually look to do. Again, things I had no idea existed mm. <laughs> until mm. now. So but she said they're very, very helpful. And they usually require you then to outline the provision that you're giving for your kids. Okay, okay. And then how does it work? These groups that you've spoken about or mm-hmm. the, the kind of learning centres or whatever they go to or even the online groups, is that, do you have to fund that? Like how, yes. does, that, yeah. that, so how do, does that aspect of homeschooling work? Yeah, you do obviously have to pay for it. Yeah. Um, but people share tutors. So for example, you have three or four kids working with a tutor studying for physics right. and they share that hour. So yeah. you can do it. it again. It's a, it's the sky's the limit. You could do it probably on an absolute shoestring, or you could spend crazy amounts of money if you really want to. Okay. So it's one of those things you decide what you're comfortable with and the way you want to go. Yeah. And a, a lot of people I've come across actually, the parents are either ex-teachers, so they have a degree of it that they could facilitate themselves. Although I don't know how successful that would be. So the prospect of, for example, my husband who's incredibly good at maths and science. Yeah. <laughs> trying yes. to teach my kids that. I can't imagine it going well. So there's that element of patience, isn't there? I think that someone else and, and children have. tend to be much more polite with someone who isn't yeah, their parent. <laughs> that is a fact, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> so I think that helps. Okay, okay. Yeah. But if you were but you could actually if you could actually do that way, you could go into And I think um, when they're smaller you probably you know, could. Obviously that's my kids aren't that age. Yeah. But I think as they're smaller there's enormous amounts you can do yeah and there's wonderful learning materials that you could use and just work with your kids at home and with you know local groups yeah Yeah. well and there's lots there's lots of stuff online um there's lots of you know you know, whole section there are amaz- Smiths, I mean, isn't there, we, we, on, on the curriculum and the books exactly. and what you've got to teach them. I mean, I had to do, for various reasons, a biology GCSE. I got myself a book, I had the material, I did it, you know, you know. Well, that's, so you can, that's the other side of it know. as well, yeah. So it's obviously, yeah. Um, but for them, there's obviously the motivation, isn't there, then? Mm. So they're still having, cause, because I think if we think back, I don't know, however, however long, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to say anything against America here, but you kind mm. of have this image of the homeschooling. <laughs> I, I'm not insulting anyone who's, I'm trying not to. But but you sort of have this image of, um, you know, because obviously it's a lot bigger there, the whole whole, mm. whole movement there. From what you said, it sounds like it is growing here in the UK. Seems to be. I mean, homes- again, I'm at the beginning of a journey, but I've been movement. surprised. And the people that would say, oh, yeah, my cousins have done that since day one. Or, and I'm, yeah. Really? I had no idea. And this image that we might have, maybe it's just me, so apologies. But, you know, of these um, hermit kind of recluse. <laughs> I, mean, I always visualise chickens running around. and Yes, yes. So the whole education of, version of the good life. Well, yeah, yeah. Which actually, so you know what I'm talking about, this kind of image that pops into my head when you go yeah. homeschooling. I'm thinking, right, well, Catherine's, uh, you know, giving up her, <laughs> her business. She's, yeah, moving to a farm with chickens. She's going to be wearing wellies and her hands are going to be covered in mud all the time, making, I don't know, mud pies or something. I don't know what the, where this really, really distorted <laughs> pictures are coming from, but there we go. Um, but it's not like that obviously no I, can you imagine me <laughs> sometimes I quite like to go and live in the countryside but it's quite hard work how will you know I like my modern conveniences Rachel <laughs> and your wine how will you know that this is all that they're where they need to be obviously where there's tutors in a group mm-hmm. and and you're saying that you might share that with parents or but you're somehow funding that mm-hmm. 
you're saying there's there's centres, exam centres that then offer you support for the other subjects that they're having to do a bit more independently. Um, but well, you've that's mentioned... usually through the education authority, or they okay. if you ring the exam centres and ask. Yeah, they're so kind and helpful. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, but you've mentioned there's practice papers and things like that, so you can yeah, you see can when they're ready. Up, yeah, and usually they'll set them up so the tutors will have practice paper. Most of the tutors are teachers, so yeah. they're yeah. They're experienced in teaching up to all sorts of levels. So okay. I mean, we, we've not ventured into physics yet, but Will definitely wants to do physics. And the physics tutor that we sort of slightly touch based with, he tutors up to degree level from okay. GCSE to degree level. So and, and also works part time as a lecturer in both universities and, mm. and has gone into schools to do teaching as well as tutoring kids mm. through GCSE and A level. So, you you know, they're, they're fully experienced. They know the syllabus. They know all the different exam boards. They know what needs to be done. Yes, yeah. And they're working with a student accordingly, really. That's that's the plan. And what about things like their um, sport? You, like, or mm. You've mentioned musical instruments. They're, they're having some yeah. lessons for the, mu- the, the music side of things. But what about, say, like their sport? How, how well, are they're, you... both, they're both relatively sporty, so that helps. Yeah. So already they both swim outside of school and the eldest runs outside of school and is part mm. of a running club. Um and then, trying to think, on top of that, they'll be doing rock climbing each week as a group. Mm. So they'll get to do rock climbing. And they both rock climb already. They love it, particularly yeah. the younger one. He's exceptionally good at bouldering. Um, so they'll be doing those things. Yeah. And on top of that, they will be doing sort of CrossFit sessions twice a week. So they'll work, actually, partly because William already does a little bit of work one-on-one with um, someone for build-up functional fitness and strength because he's yeah. hypermobile. And that will continue. So doing strength work that's based around kettlebells and body weight and things like that yes, so they will do yeah. that together once a week and in addition they will join a group doing other sessions like group sessions of general sort of functional fitness yeah yeah okay. yeah and there's also i discovered there's a big home ed swimming group that meet up at high wickham so they might end up doing that as well so it sounds like quite a lot more than maybe the average <laughs> GCSE student possibly um so you've got you've got that covered so has this been has it been extra work for you all this we shall see as we move into it I, but I it do hasn't think, so far well, I mean how has it you've you've obviously got the whole timetable in place yeah. you've had to find these groups I mean has it weirdly it sort of all fell together okay and it sounds which surprised me, like me. I remember <gasps> thinking at one point like job. oh good lord yeah and then suddenly everything to the point where I was like I've got to back back off a bit now because I've right. got too much happening yes and yeah. I don't want to overwhelm them and me yeah I have used actually the summer holidays has been really handy so yeah. having them at home running a business with them still doing some study but also seeing friends and doing other things yes. and you know family all the stuff you do in the holidays mm practicing almost juggling that around running a business and seeing how it will all fit in okay um obviously come next week it will start to ramp up a bit Mm. and then really it is just seeing how it pans out my view rather than worrying about it Mm. I decided the best thing to do would be to take it a day at a time (laughs) and a week at a time yeah and take the view that particularly the three of us are figuring this out as we go along to a certain extent Mm. And there'll be days where we have to prioritise doing some other work. So maybe something else has to be sacrificed yeah. and just see how we juggle it. I think if you had really small kids, it would be different because you would have to be supervising everything. Mm. Whereas when you've got someone who's nearly 12 and someone who's heading towards 15, you mm. you know, there's a degree of independence that they're craving as well. Mm. So okay, that I'm, helps. I'm in awe. <laughs> 
if I come back again, Rachel, and I come in like... And like, you're grey. And I'm grey and I'm like, my hair's everywhere and I'm even more of a mess than usual. You'll be like, oh dear, Kath. Uh, <laughs> well, let, let's... Um, I, I've chosen a song, Eye of the Tiger Survivor. <laughs> Because I'm thinking you might need it next week. Although that said, it all sounds very organised and, and uh, very in control. Um, let's find out though when we come back if you've got. Well, I'd like to hear what you what you think the benefits are going to be. Because mm. let's face it, you wouldn't have gone down this path, this route, if you didn't think there was some, going to be some huge benefits. And also, then just any you know top tips for parents who might be interested in yeah. you know going down going down this same route. Windsor, Windsor, Ascot, Ascot Maidenhead, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Bracknell Wokingham, Wokingham, Henley, Henley Reading. Reading. Okay. Ta-da. The Voice, River Radio of the Thames Valley.
Good morning and welcome back to School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, and my guest today is Catherine Dart. Um, Catherine is a mum, business owner and radio presenter of Uncourt here at River Radio. And um, Catherine has decided to homeschool her children. Yeah, that's correct. You heard it here. We are listening here on School of Parenting to the start of Catherine's journey. So um, both of Catherine's children finished their primary school. One of your children finishes mm-hmm. six in July. Your other child is about to start his GCSEs, two years of GCSEs. Yes. Um, and then you've made the decision to um, to homeschool them. Um, so we, if you've missed any part of the show, um, obviously we had to ask Catherine why, <laughs> why, um, because it is something that we can we can relate to a bit more. Having obviously a lot of us do it, done it um, during lockdown, probably not d- did a very good job of it. So we've been chatting about the why and also then the details about how it's going to work so if you missed anything you can listen again through our website or on podcast wherever you listen to podcast and school of parenting is brought to you by goyles of maidenhead specialist uniform workwear and sportswear suppliers for over 50 years um so Catherine, we've we've chatted about sort of like the nitty gritty and, and how this is all going to be work. It's going to be a combination of some groups and some tutors, then some some independent um, learning as well that they just get on. Um, what happens, though, when they've come to. So let's assume when we mm-hmm. next talk to you <laughs> <laughs> that you haven't consumed too much of your um Grape and nectar, that's that's Catherine's uh, business. That first of all, you'll still be able to run your business. <laughs> yes, there is that. Um, that you won't have consumed too much of your wine stock, um, that you won't have turned grey, <laughs> and uh, um, but that it will all go really smoothly. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to actually following following your homeschooling um, journey. Um, you've said it's it's been fairly straightforward and easy to set up. So assuming that this all goes really well, and your older son does his 11 GCSEs, <laughs> good on him. What's the next step then? He just continues and does A-level yeah, or you think I'm, he might well, go back know, into education? Young, or what, What's your thoughts? A completely charming 16-year-old um, locally who, who's been home educated throughout his life. Mm. He actually went and did a year in schools deliberately. That he was sent for a year so that he could discover whether or not he liked it and wanted to continue. And he opted to return back to his home education journey. Oh. And he's about to go to Ball A's for his sixth form. Okay. Okay. So, so he got all of his GCSEs. He got amazing schools. GCSEs. They're basically all nines, eights, and a couple of sevens. Right. Um, I mean, if, yeah. So it certainly doesn't affect, I think, your ability to learn if you're if it's the right thing for you. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I think getting into either a sixth form college or going to do your A levels isn't a problem if you've got your GCSEs. Yeah. Because that's so what he, they want. So he had a little bit of a taster. Then you said he went back before I think he in, made yeah, that decision. In, in he so he, I, I believe what he did is they they started that way. Yes. And then did year six yeah. at primary school, and then was given the choice: you can continue or you mm. can go to home ed. It's your choice. He was given mm. the choice by his family, which I think is amazing. And mm. and he opted after much agonising because he did enjoy school. Mm. Um, was to continue with his home education. Yeah. And he's just completed all of his GCSEs, got his last results. Is it last week? Yes. 
And then, so, but, but then has said, I'd like to go back for sixth and form. And well, consciously already thought yeah. he wanted to do sixth form, yeah. Okay. And is. So he's got all that social and element. I, and I the people that I've spoken to who've gone on to further, further education, so university qualifications, mm. often the children have done their GCSEs and A-levels as home ed students. Okay. Um, and they have the necessary grades to go to university. So yes, it's nothing's yeah. going to hamper them or hinder them and they have to go through the same application process as anyone else okay those that i've spoken to where their children had no qualifications in terms of gcse's and a levels um they went through the interview process and were treated exactly the same way a mature student would be so i remember when mm. i was at university mm. i went you know I, I did english literature for my ba and i did my a levels and you know you get your grades and you're accepted to the universities you go into but there were people on my course who are mature students who either didn't have any A-levels okay, or their A-levels were in something totally different and they'd come back to university to do an English degree in their 30s or 40s. Okay. And I th- they often look at them the same way. From some people I have spoken to as well, they've said that in lots of places they quite like it because you get people who are complete independent learners and mm. they're there because they mm. really want to be there. It's mm. an absolute choice. And so they, they often sail through because they're very capable with walking into that university environment where you do have to get yourself out of bed and to your mm. lectures and seminars mm. no one's going to make you go yeah um, and they're used to being self-motivated yeah so even if they haven't done those formal qualifications I believe but yeah. they've they've done the education we were talking about that difference between the whole education yeah. and how the government sees education's compulsory schooling is not yeah. um and they've they've demonstrated I guess a lot of other skills then she said that a university is going to be looking yeah. for yeah, so I think university is quite open-minded about it. Yes, yeah. As long as you have the requisite literacy and numeracy to do the qualification. Yes. And yeah. quite often I think a lot of these kids, because they, especially the ones that don't get sort of what we were regard as GCSE and A-levels yes. and that formal education, either doing that in a home-ed environment or in a school environment, mm. they often really follow what they love and they, they achieve qualifications in those things anyway. So, yeah. for example, if they're going to music college, you'll find that they, you know, they, they play six instruments or something yeah. Yeah. and they've got all the necessary qualifications for those instruments. They yes. just don't have yeah. music GCSE or music A-level. Yeah. Or you'll find that they love public speaking and presenting. So they've got performing arts qualifications or they've done courses for yeah. official, for presentation. Or with and, sports, and, they could be in sports orations. clubs and have achieved exactly. outside of the whole... Uh, school arena so what are the benefits then I mean you've you've touched on some there but what other benefits do you see as that this uh, the whole homeschooling are going to you know potentially you you obviously you're doing it because of the benefits well mostly I want them to be happy I think Mm. and if they're happy and Mm. they're not stressed and they're not anxious then yeah that's from a mother's perspective one of the most important things yes and maintaining their mental health so to have kept William particularly in school when he decided he didn't want to be there. Mm. You know, I, although he did still well and his results were fine, mm. you know, he'd go into a malaise prior to term and get more and more depressed. And as a oh. parent, that's a big concern because yeah. actually a, a mentally healthy child is more important than anything else. Yes, yeah. So that's one of the benefits. The other is to, to be able to do something more flexibly so they're able to learn in a way that works for them. And if, you know, a year down the line, one of them needs to go to school, then then so be it. But I'm firmly of the belief now that we only ever regret what we don't do. Mm. So if something doesn't work, it doesn't work, and you learn from it anyway and you move on. But if you never do it, you'll never know. Mm. And so I think that's that's it really. It's just a bit more of an adventure. 
Well, I have to say, when you first told me about this, e- e- even as somebody who has been a teacher for 15 years and is now a tutor. I remember the look on your face. <laughs> I was like, what are you thinking, Catherine? That's what your face said. Seriously? I mean, having known Catherine, there was an element that didn't surprise me. But yeah, I, I was pretty shocked. But from what you've explained this morning it sounds that it's fairly straightforward and yeah. it's you know there's obviously and lots I think of you different can, choices you've got to make yeah. and but and I think you can do it as conventionally or as unconventionally as you feel mm, mm. so where would you direct parents if, if we've got parents listening and for whatever reason yeah they're thinking what where's their first place they should go the places that I found really useful were find some Facebook groups. I'm terrible on Facebook, okay. as anyone that knows me is, but the, the, the Facebooks, Facebook groups are good. Mm. Um, one of the first places I went to was a thing called Education Otherwise as a website. Okay. And that was useful. There was information on that, and that sort of directed me to other things. Mm. And then really, weirdly speaking to people, because you speak to people and suddenly you discover that they mm. nearly always, so many people know someone who knew someone okay. who then sort of puts you in contact and everyone's willing to share their experiences or put you in contact with someone else who might yes, help yeah. or put you in contact with a tutor who then can put you in contact with someone else who's doing home education and suddenly you you start to build up a network of people around you. Yes. Yeah. So look for some local home ed Facebook groups and yeah, education otherwise is a good first port of call. Okay. Okay, that's brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything at the start of the journey. Um, really interested to follow follow your journey, um, Catherine, and just um, yeah, hopefully touch base with you in the next few months or the normal autumn term. Does this mean you can go on holidays at other times? No, I suppose yeah, not. Well, I'm just thinking. No, you can. Thinking. You can. But you can. You can if you want to structure it so that you can. Yeah, what you a can. bonus. I mean, most tutors still work <laughs> following the holiday, following school holidays yeah. and term times. Yeah. But yes, yes, you can. Oh, there we go. Think of that. <laughs> You're not going to be penalised uh, for booking your holidays in um, holiday time. Oh, well, we really wish you um, the very best and thanks so much for your time chatting to School of Parenting this morning. It's School and Parenting is brought to you by Goyles of Maidenhead, specialist uniform, workwear and sportswear suppliers for over 50 years. Coming up later tonight, tune in um, from 7pm for Inside the Music Scene with Tara Dean. Uh, Tara has been at the Wokingham Music Festival over the weekend, so uh, lots been going on there that she's going to be sharing with you um, with you tonight. Thank you for listening. Um, if you've missed anything at all or you want to listen back to um, useful uh, tips and benefits and info that Catherine has shared, you can do that. Just search up River Radio School of Parenting wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we will see you, listen to you, hear you all next week. <laughs>